All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleepin. On today's episode, we have NC Fitz, Chief Fitness Officer, MDV. Him and I sat down at our Campbell location and dove in this idea of culture, core values, based on a lot of his takeaways from traveling recently to First Form, uh, recognizing what their company does excellent and how we can improve on ours. We dive into lessons learned from his trip. We also dive into lessons learned that we've had to go through through our business about, hey, what type of culture are we trying to set and how have we done a good job or maybe a poor job on that? Specifically, we bring up a real world situation about how we tried to go out with one kind of slogan and how we had to navigate that and lessons learned along the way. So if you're a gym owner out there, if you're a business owner out there and you're trying to identify a way to pull in the culture uh, and kind of define these core values and whatnot. I think this is going to be an amazing podcast for you. We dive into that. We also dive into a little bit of programming. I just loved sitting down with MDV. We really just uh, hit it off every time we chat. And I think this conversation was excellent and hopefully brings a lot of value to you. Speaking of which, we have well over 100 episodes uh, on this podcast. If you like it, would really appreciate if you could rate it, review it, share it with a friend, screenshot it, let us know what you think about it. And that would be really helpful. Now let's dive into an amazing episode with MDV. Let's go. So MDV and I are here at our Campbell location and we've been talking about culture. Uh, MDV just got back from a trip to First Form uh, out in Missouri. And he came back and he was talking to us about some of the things that we could improve or, or things that he witnessed or saw when it comes to culture and branding and mm. we just wanted to kind of rap about this because I think as COVID is turning the corner and I think the momentum is shifting, I'm feeling it mm-hmm. and I'm feeling like things are improving. It's a really good time for us to kind of reflect and say, Hey, what kind of things are we going to do better than before when we, than before we close, mm. right? What kind of things can we do to set the tone for the next decade? Because now we had this huge experience that changed the game. And it's a really great opportunity for us to reflect on what tone do we want to set from here moving forward, right? We just got back into our gyms indoor, uh, which is shocking. And it's time to level set. Yeah, for sure. You know, I want to get into talking about my trip to First Form because it was a really important trip. I spent four days out there with Andy and Sal Frazella, uh, mostly Sal and, uh, just meeting the people that are involved in that company. And I'll get there in a minute, but you know, culture's always been really important in what we do in CrossFit and functional training. And, you know, I think there's a lot of options for fitness for people out there, you know, and what keeps people coming back to the gym or your gym. Yeah. If you're, Of course, you have to give them results. That's what anybody expects out of any fitness program, that they're going to get some sort of positive physical result or emotional result or social result. But I think involved in the emotional and social result and a part of what keeps people coming back to the gym is the feeling that they get there. You know, we use the term community a lot in what we do here in, in NC Fit and CrossFit and functional training. But it's also, it's culture. Like what, what is the, the tone that you're setting? What are the values? What's the mission? What's the vision for the company? And then how do the leaders live up to that? And how do the employees and the coaches live up to that? And then how does that bleed into the people who come into the gym every day? Yeah. And I think a really good example of that is that over the years, we've kind of pivoted from, I don't, I don't want to say taglines. It's probably not the right 
Is that the right term? Yeah, like, but I, I, I know what you're trying to say. But taglines don't define culture. I mean, it's, it's deeper than that. We definitely have had different things, different rallying cries for the business, right? Rallying cries for the business. We've had a variety of them. And I think it's time for us to kind of hold fast into, because as a company, we have certain things that we believe in, hard work, dedication, teamwork, et cetera, innovation. But we are now moving forward with, you know, this, this concept of our core values, right? The, the NC fit core values. And then how we're going to, one tool we're going to incorporate is by showing them more in our location mm. and kind of leaning into more this idea of effort over everything. And as a recommendation for any gym owner, that's just what we're thinking about is that we kind of know the culture, we know the community, but we've never really kind of put it out there as mm. strongly as we can, or at least stayed focused on it for long enough. Mm. And that's a big push for us coming in this year. Yeah, I, I like that kind of stuff. I think it's really important. You know, it, it is one of those things that I don't think has an immediate ROI. Uh, you know, when you're talking about establishing a tagline or you're going to put something on the walls or you're going to have, um, you know, something that your people really buy into, you could argue that, hey, this doesn't really, this doesn't give a return on the dollar that I'm going to spend on it. But I would say it does over the long term for sure. Because if you're talking about retention tools, or if you're talking about creating something that's going to be lasting, those are fantastic ways to do that. You know, you start to think about things like Notre Dame football, play like a champion every day, right? Like there's a reason why they put that everywhere in the locker rooms. The reason why they put that right before the guys go out on the field to play, because they want them to be thinking about it over and over and over again. So I think that things like, you know, branding on your walls or your core values or creating things that are visual cues and reminders for not only your employees, but also your athletes, like they start to buy into those things more subconsciously, even if they're not recognizing it on the surface. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you, you and, and then when you wear it, right, it makes you embody that feeling, mm. right? Like, um, at Nike with just do it or like you said right play like a champion so when you're wearing a Notre Dame shirt that's kind of like the like the feeling it instills right mm -hmm. um you know uh when I think about something like in jiu-jitsu the show your role brand for example represents like it represents just elevation it represents to, to me like when I wear it it's something where it's like clean and innovative in this particular realm and so when I wear it it instills that in me like I feel like it's representation of quality, mm. for example. And I think for us, as we continue to build NC fit, I think, you know, instilling an emotion that's created is even more important than anything else we could put out there. Yeah. I, I think there's also a difference between branding and culture. And I think that sometimes they can be conflated with one another. They definitely influence one another. Like you can you can influence your brand with your culture and you can influence your culture with your brand, but they they're different. Like having a logo is different than having a culture. Having a tagline is different than having a culture. The culture is kind of the the embodiment of it, like living it. And actually like without necessarily having to say words, the feeling that is inspired by the actions that are being taken within the facility or the way people do things, right? Like that's a really good example of culture is like the way things are done here. Those things can help create an even stronger brand. Um, you know, and at, at NC Fit, man, I think we've taken steps in the right direction. I think the culture here has changed over the years. You know, when I first joined here back in, was it four years ago, we were coming in or I was coming into um, an organization that was a, a little bit like kind of tilted on its side. It wasn't like 
it wasn't like things were completely going crazy, but I think it was a little bit of like a loss of identity because you had come off of all those big wins at the games, right? You had all these really important moments with the NC Fit team and the NC and the NC Lab and a lot of big personalities and a lot of those things and people were slowly kind of leaving for one reason or another. And not, it's not a bad thing whatsoever, but like we needed to reset the culture. We needed to get back into what mattered now for the brand, which was like a much higher focus on coaching and excellent experience and making sure that the, the experience within the walls was elevated versus what was going on elsewhere. And those things can change over time. And I think that we're, 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 We've taken that to a point now where it served us really well, that like elevated experience. But now we're even seeing that, hey, we have more that we can do with this and more that we can bring to the table with effort over everything. And that's really what we're all about. And it's taken time for us for sure. Yeah, it's taking time. A lot of debate, a lot of questioning, a lot of asking ourselves, what do we really kind of stand for, where we want to go? And what's the feeling we want people to have when mm. they think about the brand is, is what I'm thinking. When I think about culture and there's, I mean, I, I, this is very vague, but like when I think about a culture, I think about what do I feel when I think about the brand is, is the way I think about it, mm-hmm. right? So the brand is, you know, whatever, Norsham's, the way I feel is quality, this, that, good return policy, customer service, whatever it may be, Uh, who knows? And I think that for us at at our locations, I want people to wear our shirts proudly and I want it to instill that sense of pride, hard work, effort over everything. Similar to the way like wearing a rogue fitness shirt makes you feel right. It's like they've instilled like these, these qualities that, that, they don't even need to talk about them because they've just been built on them. Well, they've backed it up for years and years and years, yes. right? And I think that that's a really critical thing to think about. Like anybody, any dummy out there can go and say, hey, I want to create a logo or a brand or a culture, right? And not calling anybody a dummy, but like, you know what I mean? Like you can say you want to be something, but if then you don't back it up by consistent action, it doesn't really mean anything. So, you know, Rogue Fitness is a great, um, is a great example of a brand that has created a culture that has then fed back into the to the brand, right? And you know when you go to Rogue Fitness and you check out their headquarters, that fucking place is going to be clean as a whistle. People are going to be working hard. People are going to be friendly to one another. They're going to be getting results. It's going to be gritty. It's going to feel a certain way. And you know that by by everything that they show you. Yeah. But then they back it all up through the quality of their product, the quality of their service, the people who are the leaders there. And that that was really what was most inspiring about going to First Form was the fact that like none of it's bullshit for right. them. Like when right. you go there and you meet Andy and you meet Sal, like these guys are the most genuine guys and they are living their culture and living their brand. Right. And that's and that's the key for any gym owner, for any coach is you know, you can only talk about it so much, right? And you got to back it up. I mean, earlier, like a, a minute ago, right? I really wanted to take this noon class. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. And we hit our class capacity. And so I didn't take it because it's not the right way to show that we're trying to hold the line. And that one wasn't an example of effort over everything. That's just an example of just, hey, there's rules trying to abide, you know, abide by them, right? That's, yeah, that's another, that's another really good topic because like, I think I brought this home from first form as well. It was like, there's rules there. They have rules and some of them are written down and some of them are unspoken, but know who follows those rules to the T is Andy and Sal. Like obviously there's things that they get to do that not everybody else gets to do, but they follow every rule that everybody else follows in, in terms of how the gym looks, how it feels, how you treat people, how you introduce one another. Like 
what, coming from the CrossFit functional training space and seeing the some of the disarray that you see in some of the gyms, and this is a little off topic, but I think it plays into what was so important about the culture at first form. Their gym is immaculate, man. Immaculate. The numbers on the plates are all stacked up the same way every single time the plates go back. And it's all self-policed. It's all people who work there who have adopted what Sal and Andy have said as being the way and them seeing, oh, well, this guy, he's got a million and a half followers and he's putting the fucking weights back the way that they should go back. I should do the same thing. That's culture, right? It. Some people might look at it and go, well, that's crazy rule following. That's culture. And if you don't fit in that culture, you probably don't last long at that company. Yeah. Yeah. And from a company perspective, and then from a membership perspective too, right? Like creating this culture where what do you want for your gym? What do you want to represent? And then leading from the front on it, I think is something that we're really, you know, diving into moving out of COVID, right? Moving, moving out of COVID. It's just like being super strong in our convictions of the experience we want our members to have art, the, the type of staff we want and the way that we want them to execute with what we're talking about and just holding strong to it, you know? And, and I think that's really what it comes down to. And that, that, those are some of the big takeaways that you had from your trip to first form Mm -hmm. is that everybody was on the same page. And I think that for us, that's a big learning lesson in, in, in that, get everybody on the same page, get everybody on the same bus, move in the same direction. You could really make a lot of improvements very quickly because Mm -hmm. everybody's bought in on where you want to go. Yeah, for sure. And you can't expect the people down the ladder to be moving in that direction if you're not moving in that direction, right? Like that was another thing when I came home from first form was like, I was embarrassed that I couldn't rattle off the NC fit core values if somebody had asked that me, like, hey, what what are the NC Fit Core values? I know what it stands for to me, but I was embarrassed that I couldn't name the NC Fit Core values. And I and I had a big part in writing them a year yeah. a year ago. You know, so NC Fit stands for never settle. N C culture first. F fitness for life. I innovation always. T teamwork and strength. And the reason I can rattle them off now is because I spent the fucking five minutes to memorize them. Like right. and how how little of a um, effort that was right but it's so important like if i'm going to tell the the programming coaching and briefing team that they all have to know these i have to be the one to know them first and i have to be able to know them like that so and then diving deeper in each one right like what does never settle mean to you mean to us mean to the company for right sure this for idea sure. of you know teamwork and strength what does that mean and, and and culture first right is what we're basically talking about right now but the fact that we're talking about and and for us we we chose our core values based off the brand uh acronym right but yeah but well, you don't have to do that yeah right? i mean <laughs> we wanted an easier way and this is something that i think is tough for some companies is that you have sometimes you lay out core values and then it's like well they don't really it's harder to remember them because they're all these different phrases and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. what we designed was let's take the things that are important to us and then let's figure out how do those things work back into the letters of nc fit right and it was a debate about certain feelings or certain uh behaviors and all right well we really like effort well there's no e in nc fit so how do we get effort into there okay never settle right like that's how we backed it in that way so for us it was and this is again something that's embarrassing for me because like fuck it was part of that conversation where it's like all right well let's do it like nc fit so we can all remember them and it's like i wasn't remembering them yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's just not memorizing them yeah and i think like i learned this a while ago from this hotel guy where all the staff had like a little like almost like business card listed down 
was the core values and on the back was like the tool for that day or that week or that month, what they're focused on of, of one of them or mm-hmm. it was, a, it was an interesting anyways, but back to the, the, the core values. I think that one, what you said about first form is that they just plastered it everywhere. Now they're a little less customer facing, right? Like, like in their actual warehouses and stuff, right? They're more employee facing. Yep. Employing guests. Employing guests compared to like a a business like ours right here, where it's more uh, customer focused. So you might not want your core values everywhere, but Mm. I think that we've learned something and that we're going to, we're going to incorporate some of that into our gyms. Like we should have, and you talked about the social media wall, but we will be having more of that incorporated in our gyms Mm. instead of just the brand have it also instill some type of feeling like effort over everything or whatever your business stands for. We are adding more of that to our locations because I think when we first started, we were very rugged and, you know, we had, you know, different t-shirts and flags and stuff all over the walls and it was felt very grassroots. Then as we became more refined, we got rid of all of that. And now I think it's time to kind of like stay refined, but also get some, some feeling and emotion back into Mm -hmm. it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I think we went almost too sterile. Yeah. So yeah, we. I mean, I think a, a cool comparison here would be like Apple, right? When you go into an Apple store, they don't have a lot of stuff written on the walls. There's a certain feeling to those stores, though, right? And what their tagline is: "Think differently," right? And there's like a, some play on words in there too, or "Think different." Um, but the um, Apple's not putting their core values of their business all everywhere. What they want a, the customer to experience when they walk into their stores is like this really elevated, really clean, very like modern type of feeling. It's a lifestyle feeling that you're getting there. You know, at first form, I think that both of these approaches can be effective and you can probably find somewhere in the middle too. At first form, they have, we do the work. I am first form and all their core values, like everywhere that you're looking, you see them. And the reason that I think that I like that aspect of it is because in what we do in fitness, I think that it's important for people to look at certain things and be motivated immediately, right? And, you know, we've had certain things over the years like live better and heart and hustle and, you know, whether or not we actually got behind them enough to make them stick is a different conversation, but I do think that they are important messages for people, whether they're employees or athletes to look at and go, I get it. I identify with that. And that's one of the reasons that I come here. I want to live better. I like this idea of heart and hustle. I like the idea of effort over everything. And for us here at NC fit, I really do hope that we take that jump and not only put effort over everything around, but we do end up putting what NC fit stands for places because I think people can be really proud of that. And I want the athletes who come into our gyms to be just as much of a beacon and a representative of what we do and why we do it, just as our employees are. Apple's got a bigger marketing budget than we do. That's no no surprise, right? (laughs) They can get out there and they can get the word to people a little bit more quickly about, you know, what their feeling is and what their and they've already done a great job of it for decades right they've done a great job just instilling this messaging right of just they put out you know clean simple great products great customer service etc 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 but it already has that kind of cliche to it whereas for us right we're continuing to build that and we want that emotion to stick yeah and like you said we want our team we want our members to feel that same emotion that's something i'm really taking into you know, this 2021 and where we're going coming out of COVID, like COVID, 
you know, it's kicked a lot of us in the in the gut a little bit. Yeah. And that goes for staff. It goes for members too, yeah, right? For like sure. as much as I'm co- not complaining, but as much as I'm saying, hey, this has been really difficult for our business. It has. It also has been difficult for our members. And that's something to consider is that they've also, the ones that loved coming into the gym and having the regular routines or whatever it may be, they lost that for a while. Yeah. And now we're leaning back into it and we have a great opportunity to have further buy-in from those people because yeah. we're here and we're ready to help them along the journey. Yeah. And you know, I don't have data to back this up and this is just my opinion, but I would it's say- It's always a great way to start a sentence. But I don't. I, this is just my opinion. and I, But- I would be surprised if the data was different. I would say that the gyms that had the strongest cultures that went into this and whether or not your balance sheet was actually, you know, properly managed and you didn't do anything that was fiscally irresponsible. But like if you had a strong culture, yeah, your members probably stayed with you longer or they continued to pay full freight longer or they were more interested when you were coming back. Like right. if you had a bullshit. It surely wasn't a bad thing. Right. Yeah. If you were super, <laughs> yeah. If you were just transactional, like the whole time that you were running your business and you were just like only worried about whether or not that person's credit card went through every time they came into the gym, which is an important thing that you need to think about when you're running a business. But that doesn't define culture for people. That doesn't create a sense of belonging. So, you know, I think that some of the lesson that we learned, obviously we've invested in culture in different ways across the years. And, you know, we've been fortunate to bring back a good amount of members and we're building our app and we're going to have this digital community we want to be like really sturdy, like really sturdy and sticky with our culture, even more so than we've ever been before. And uh, I think that, you know, the things that you've done through your athletic career and how you've, you know, taken on different challenges in your life and how you've managed the illness of your daughter and the things that you stand for help us create that really strong message of effort over everything. And then that, as the top guy, that bleeds down the ladder, man. Yeah, I mean, right now we got a group of members crushing some deadlifts in the corner. And uh, no, that's really what we believe in. And and it's taken me a while. So like as a note for any kind of leaders listening, we tried a variety of different things. And it took me a while to kind of wrap my head. We tried um, fitness evolve. Fitness enhanced. Fitness enhanced. We did, we did a lot of them and there's, there's factors to think about, which is the legal side of things like live better. Like I like that. I think most people want to live better. And to me, it meant never allowing fitness to inhibit the things I want to do, but live better was also trademarked and licensed by everybody, including Kaiser and Equinox. And so from a tagline or a rallying cry, it wasn't something we could really lean on forever. It's a good, like, it's a good thing to have, Mm -hmm. of course, because we believe in it. But you want to identify something that's a little bit unique to you and your business, if you want, and then really make sure that from the top down, you believe in that and that you embody it, Mm. you know? And for me, this idea of like effort over everything, I really, I really feel strongly about. Whereas with, I'll just use this as an example, heart and hustle was one that we did for a while and the team was really bodied on it. And I should have done a better job sharing my perspective that I wasn't as in on it. It was too, it was too, um, not controversial. It's not, that's not the word Mm. too. I, I don't, this is a, this is a tough one for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah, we're having the conversation. Yeah, I'll be right honest now. because we went through a lot of talk about that phrase, right? I know. And you know, there were meetings, we had team meetings, we had small team meetings, we had big team meetings, we got everybody together, we pitched it, it went over really well with the team. But then like, if you're the top guy in the room and you're not into it, you you probably got to say that earlier on. And I've said that to your face. I'm not saying that, you know, this is not the first time and, you're hearing it. And we it. are face-to-face yeah, right now. Not the, <laughs> not the first time you're hearing it from no. me. But there's been shit that's happened too that like if, 
you know, I'm not bought into it, you know, you can learn a hard lesson where like you only get so many bites at the apple with some of this stuff, right? And you, if you go out there and your team's bought into something and then you're constantly either really talking shit about it or not talking shit, but you're just like not into it and you're like, oh yeah, we're going to get to that someday or yeah, we'll put up those signs or yeah, we'll make those t-shirts, but it never happens. What happens the, the next time you want to do something? The team's going to be like, bro, no, you weren't there for us for this. Like, why am I going to be there for you? So I don't think it like it. It's not something that I think because we didn't push the gas on heart and hustle as hard as we could have. Personally, I think we probably could have because I think that it is effort over everything. It's the same thing. It's the same exact concept, different phrasing, same concept. But um, it wasn't catastrophic for us because we didn't necessarily go out there like full force with it. Yeah, but to your point, right? Um, again, for, for anyone who's kind of like thinking through this conversation, cause I actually think this is a really good conversation for, for someone to be having in their own head lessons learned for me mm. are, yeah, you, like you said, you only go back to the well so many times. So if you're not bought in on it, just vocalize that to the team early, yeah. early, because otherwise, like after a while you'll lose their trust when you are ready to launch something, right? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'm ready. It's like, well, dude, I mean, you've told us that five different times yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and so that's a, that's a great example. I'll never forget. We had this like team, uh, all hands or whatever. Yeah. And we went in the ocean. Remember that? Oh, it was a big, uh, this is a big deal, man. It I was, think. we went in the ocean in yeah. Santa Cruz, super cold and everybody was all fired up. And we had some great conversations outside of just heart and hustle. For sure. th- th- this was just a piece of it, but the goal was to get the team aligned on where we wanted to go in the vision in the future, which we need to do another one of these. But, um, that would have been a good time. I remember we ended it and I remember saying like, okay, yeah, we're going to, I don't remember what I said, but I kind of waffled when I said heart you and waffled. hustle. I, I waffled. Yeah, you waffled. And I should have known right there and then, right, that maybe we should have done some more thinking. And so as a, as a takeaway for any owner, coach, person listening, like if I could look back on that situation, I would have listened to what the team had to say reflected on it and then came to the table with, with where we wanted to go. Or I would have said right there and then, Hey, I'm not quite sure about this. Let me get back to you. Whatever. I wouldn't have let it where like everybody seemed like it was going to happen. And then we never really pushed it. That's, that's a learning lesson for me. Yeah. I mean, it could also like, so I think this is a good conversation because I think this stuff kind of happens a lot where, and maybe, maybe not the same example for people, but you could also, we could also look at the situation and go, what was the, what would the worst thing that could have happened if, I just bit my tongue and said, let's do it. The team's fired up about it. It's a cool, it's, it's a phrase that I don't, I wouldn't come up with right away, but it's cool. I get it. People might be into it. Let's run, let's run with it and see what happens. Right. And it, if we give it the effort that it's uh, due, right. Effort over everything, maybe it turns into something cool or maybe it, maybe it doesn't resonate. But if it, if you're the leader, no matter if you're the leader number one, like Jason is, or if you're a leader in the organization more than like in my position, you can't expect the team to follow you into battle if you're not ready to carry the flag, right? So that's that's one of the things from that meeting that like is super important for us now. And we have a much more honest and open relationship about like that kind of stuff. It seemed like my mic just went out. Um, but the... Um, the heart and hustle thing, I think, you know, with effort over everything, we we corrected our, we covered all the ducks in this one. We, we definitely had enough conversation about it and got everybody's buy-in early as opposed to not uh, getting that early. Yeah, and, and, and some would say, right, that 
it took those previous conversations to get to where we're at today. Could. But yeah, I mean, uh, this is just a really great, um, this is a real, you know, this podcast, I'm, I'm so fortunate that we have it because it's just talking real shit that actually goes on in our gyms and in our businesses. There's no fluff here. We're actually having a real life situation about where we're at today based on where we were at and, and what we learned along that journey. And I think for anybody who is interested in it, things that we're thinking about are, what are your core values? Get them, write them down, make sure your team knows it. Figure out what you're about from a cultural perspective, and then make sure your entire team has buy-in, specifically those in leadership positions. And if they yeah. don't, then don't expect it to be as successful as it can. Yeah. You know? And then, of course, you know, the, the umbrella over, over all that, or like the base, I should say, is probably more appropriate, is the that you're living it, right? Like, that, Yo, yeah, like, yeah. that the people who are the leaders are first living those messages, those core values, and then getting them down on paper because there's nothing worse than like, we talk about this in, um, in our programming all the time or in our briefs all the time. There's nothing worse than like writing something down and then not, not doing it, writing something down, expecting other people to do it. But then you, you aren't doing that. It's like the biggest contradiction of all time, right? Like if you're going to try to create some sort of feeling within your staff or a culture within the staff, like if you're saying that, Hey, I want everybody to show up on time on being on time is really important to me, but then you're never fucking on time. Like you can't expect people to buy into you or that core value if you're not living it first. So you have to be ridiculously consistent on the things that you want to be core values. And if you're looking at your core values and going, oh, this is a core value for me. This is a core value to me. You have to look in the mirror and then go, have I been living those? And if you haven't, maybe you have to like change your shit up, change your game up a little bit, live them for a while, and then start to say, hey, in the past, I wasn't as good at this, but I've made an effort. I hope you guys have noticed the past six months, past year. Yeah, right. just say like it is. Honesty there is huge too. Yeah, and I mean, shoot, I've, I've had many of those moments. And speaking of the programming team, you know, we got Frankie, he's outside the door right now. Um, and, uh, he's on the programming team. Yep. So I want to shift gears just for a quick second. Cause we never do this and I want to do it. Oh, now I'm nervous. I want to shift gears to, um, the collective. Okay. The session plans, the programming, um, and a really great product. Right. And, and also this fit. So there's a lot of things we have going on right now from a B2B side. So we have new business to consumer products coming out soon that we're really excited about. But from a business to business perspective, we have some new things in the works, right? That are more business focused. But currently, we offer a variety of different things right mm-hmm. now, right? But really, the session plans of programming is, is your kind of, you know, you, your team's uh, job and they've done a great job. Yeah. So kind of our baby. Yeah, yeah our sure. baby. Yeah. Yeah, man. I you know, If you're a listener to this podcast and you haven't checked out The Collective just yet, I would be super appreciative if you checked it out. And if you want to hit me up and have any questions about it, please hit me up. I really think what we're doing in the space is very special and very unique. Do we have the absolute world's best, perfect programming that's anointed by God type of workouts? No, we don't have that. Nobody in the world has that. There's a lot of smart people out there doing programming. I think we have a really amazing, really well thought out program for what we do here in our gyms, functional training, for the, for the general consumer, for people who are looking for variety, whether it's a GPP style program, strength and conditioning program, a competitors program, and then also a dumbbell only program. Those are our four main horses. And, you know, the way that we think about our programming, I'm going to dive into, please stop me at any time. We are doing programming in a way that I think is well thought out 
it's not, I don't like to say our program is based on variance because that's a, such a fucking cop out, man, because variance for most people, they can't explain what that means. And you just end up having this conversation, how you're trying to argue your way out of randomness. We are planning our stuff at a year level, a month to month level, a week level, a day level. And that all then levels up into a really well thought out program that's driving in a singular direction that the goals of this program never change. The goals of the program are laid out before any of that stuff goes into the equation. And we're always chasing down that end state. And that's how, and we are using variance in that regard within those time constraints, within those time things that I just laid out to create a really well-rounded program. That's our spin on it. We couple that, whether you're in our NC Metcon or NCX or Go or Compete program with session plans and videos and resources that now allow your coaches to go out there and coach the best class they, they could possibly coach. But not only that, this is the thing I'm really passionate about, is that when we first started this, it was important to me that we create something that solves this problem that's out there for coaches that this, I don't know how to get better bullshit, right? This, like, I don't know where to look for resources. I, what can you do for me? Right. Give them this tool. This is the tool. Study every single day, read the brief, watch the video, go out and then deliver your best class. Hey, if you're a newer coach, guess what you have to do? You have to outline your whole brief. You have to outline your whole class. You're more advanced coach. This is what you have to do. You have to read the brief and you have to think thoughtfully about it and then use it as guardrails. Right. Use as guardrails. Put fired up right now. It. Like right now downstairs, we have our coach. And what I think is important about the collective, and I've always believed this, and you know I feel this more than anything, <clears throat> is that you always got to back up practicing what you preach, right? Mm. We are in the trenches every single day watching it occur in our gyms so that we could then be putting out and receiving feedback from many, many gyms so that we could put out the best products to enhance our coaches. Because if it's enhancing our, like ultimately selfishly, we want to make sure we're oh, putting yeah. out a great product for our team. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's got to work for us. It, this is, it's, it is kind of selfish. This is the best product for us. And it works for us. And it works for our staff, which is diverse. We have people who are all different walks of life, all different experience levels as coaches. And we've created uh, session plans and videos and content that help them at any level. You know, the, the whole idea of, this, we talk a lot about being a professional and like professional coaching and professionalizing it. We've been talking about it for years and there's some other people out there who are now picking up on the conversation and, you know, using that stuff and good. I hope they do because it gets the word out there more. But if you're not studying every day, or if you're not constantly refining your skills, if you're only relying on a weekend seminar or the letters or the numbers after your name to identify yourself as a professional, you have to rethink this whole equation because the only way that you get better, and this is the same thing you would tell your athlete who comes into the gym, how are you going to get better? Consistency. Consistency, right? Yeah. Consistency. It's so fucking obvious, right? Yeah. And then as coaches, what we do is we go, oh, well, I'm going to go and take this, this seminar that's a weekend long and I'm going to pay X number of dollars for it. And then uh, that's it. You can't just do that, man. So like go out there, give your intentional reps, make sure you're thinking about your classes. But more than that, like even if it's not our session plans, even if it's anybody else's, please be looking at session plans, be planning your classes, be watching videos, be studying and be, and go out there and deliver your best possible class. I think that, you know, at some point you should have Frankie on the, on the microphone here to talk about, you know, his rallying cry for the coaching staff. Cause he's now a little bit more involved in like the Bay area coaching for us is going to be, how do you want to be remembered? And I'm not going to spoil it for uh, the listeners here, but you know, Frankie can certainly dive into that for you guys, but you can understand what the problem, the takeaway is going to be there. It's like, 
what if this was your last class? How do you want to be remembered by that class? Some bullshit that you like wrote down on the back of a napkin before you came in? Or do you want everybody to walk out and be like, damn, my mind, my mind was just blown. Right. Emily and I were having that same conversation similarly. And so, yeah, look, if you're a gym owner, if you're a coach out there and you haven't checked out the collective, yes, MDV and I are very passionate about this. (laughs) Yes, it is. We have a vested interest because it's part of our company. But more importantly, this podcast has been and will always be about, you know, providing tools for gym owners like the Fit Radio uh, episode we did with Rusty. I mean, that solves a problem. And we're solving a problem for gym owners, which is coaching development, which is, which is a big problem to have. Um, well, dude, class is just finishing up. I wanted to go down there and say what's up to members before they leave, but any, uh, any closing remarks on, uh, I know we've, we've pivoted from culture to, to I like this one. It's been a while since I've been on the show. Uh, you know, I've been throwing down my own podcast, the intro with MDV. Um, you know, Jason was my first guest on there. We're 14 episodes in at the time that this episode launches. So please go check that out. Um, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm at MDV underscore FIT on Instagram. Um, been more active there recently. And um, yeah, that's it, man. This was fun. Yeah. If you guys haven't checked out the intro with MDV, he, with the way that, you know, both these podcasts are kind of kind of within the NC fit umbrella and MDV is more focused on conversations with very similar people, but on more of a coaching focus and all have more conversations, more on a business focus. It's just really where our passions lie. It's not that we don't like the others. Mm. It's just where we like to talk about more and um, go check out MDV. Keep uh, getting after, keep rising the tides and uh, MDV. Thanks for coming in, man. Let's go.